0: Cody Bradley, and I have a full studio with me tonight of my Blue Testament brethren and sisters Brethren and cistern. I call. Like it. I She's like it. She's a sister now? What? Cistern. Roll call, please.
1: Ally Trost, the, I guess, sis- I almost Isn't a cistern something like, to do with a Harry well? Potter. Isn't it like
2: a well? Yes. I don't so know, a, I cistern, just- <laughs> a
3: cistern is a well, uh-huh. water reservoir. A well yeah, of okay. knowledge and well, insight right,
2: on Sporting Kansas right. City. That's it's why we're right. all here. It's and you're deep. Drinking water. And I'm
1: drinking a cup of water.
0: That was a phenomenal transition. Though. That was a good <laughs> setting. Deep
2: and Uh Robert Russard is here as well. And Dad Bell. Cool.
0: Nice <laughs> Nice intros there, gentlemen. <laughs> okay. So, we're all very mediocre about that uh, draw?
2: Yep. That's about what we are. I, I are tried. <laughs> I tried to get
0: the studio like amped up, but I don't. No one really was after that. I mean, even the coaches at halftime were like, "Yeah, man, yeah." There wasn't much there. <laughs> it was a boring. It was a boring game. Yeah, minus the one or the one shining moment of Rubio, which was pretty glorious.
3: I wouldn't even say it's boring, just because you know it's kind of a nail biter kind of thing. You're worried about what's going to happen because Sporting wasn't playing very good. But it wasn't a very good
0: game. Yes, there was that worry. I think everyone, everyone saw that they were not playing good. But that that's just like every single time RSL comes about, that seems to be how it is.
3: They seem to have Sporting's number, but I, I still do wonder if that was really more of a ploy and a strategy was to kind of sit back and force them to try to drive something instead of uh, them, you know, countering Sporting and. Making that run, so I just I do wonder if that was a strategy of is was to just sit back and play more of a counterattack game and see what they could handle.
2: Yeah, I mean I rewatched before I came here and we were pressing really high first half. Second half we dropped off a little bit, but it seemed like we didn't want to get in a run and gun with them, which is a probably a smart idea. But then again, they had played on Wednesday. Maybe we should have gone for the throat from the get go. I don't know, but. We seem to be told, okay, press high, hope for things to happen, but don't get in a run and gun, kind of be composed. And I think that kind of took us out of our game, really.
3: Uh, they did press high, but they dropped off the press pretty quickly. So, I mean, they, they right, were right,
2: uh, They
3: were doing the occasional press right up in, around the box, but as soon as that broke a little bit, they just dropped off and then tried to regroup back around their box, more or less.
2: Yeah, but we certainly didn't play our attacking game. Uh, I, I assume that was intentional. Yeah. Let's now, not open ourselves up.
0: I agree, but the chances were there, especially in the first half. And, like, very early on, I thought they should have had the lead. Um, it would have been a carbon copy of the last time I was at the Vancouver game. Shelton muscled somebody out of the way and then just pushed it over for an easy curler for Shallowy. <laughs> Except he didn't take the curler. He, like, took another touch and then I don't even think got a shot off on it. And then Shelton who just doesn't have that lethal bite as he's taking a shot. Yeah, Shall we just not just still. wasn't on was he? No, he was not. Yeah. He was just but, flat. And I think at touch. least everyone, everyone on uh, Twitter seemed to realize that except for for who, who was stayed with him a little longer than I think many were hoping for.
3: Yeah. yeah. I would have, I would have brought him out around the 60 point myself.
0: Would have been nice after we scored to
2: put Gerso in and, and maybe go for a little more attacking option. Yeah,
1: numero dos. Yeah, there was definitely a missing that missing element that Shelton, Shallue, and Russell usually bring. But I think Shallue being, I don't know. It's I think it's so interesting. Like talking to the team, hearing the team talk about upcoming games like this at practice, and then seeing that kind of performance. Like you know talking like so much energy like they're trying to win it for the first time since 2013 and I don't know it just seemed very like there wasn't a lot of energy you didn't get that energy
2: I well that's what I'm wondering I mean it, it can be a psychological thing okay guys you know but here's our here's our strategy here's what we're going to do
1: mm-hmm.
2: we're going to sit back we're going to let them have the ball We're you know and that can take it kind of mentally out of right. a player and, and dull his aggressiveness yeah, yeah.
3: well not in, in, in some the- ways it, it, that's very true and very possible. And the flip side of it is it is in the back of their mind that they have had four straight exits in the first game right. that they played in the yeah. playoffs. And here they are on the road against a team that's had their number for the last four years, essentially uh, except for the one-off type games. And maybe that's in their head too, is that, Hey, we're going to play a little extra cautiously and yeah. not going to try to expose ourselves too much. And right. for the most part, they did limit Salt Lake's chances except for one, pretty spectacular actual giving yeah. go. And that was, I mean, that was a great goal, quite honestly.
0: Yeah, that was beautiful. I don't there, i don't know how you stop that.
1: <laughs> and for um, a boring game, both goals were like awesome. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> so at least there was that.
0: Yeah, both kind of were just individual moments that were mm-hmm. like, whoa, where did that come from?
3: And see, that's where, I, I, I mean, I, I, a lot of people will say it was a boring game, but I'm going to kind of argue that point. I don't think it was boring because it was nerve, you know, like mm-hmm. nervous and stuff. I think it was just that both teams take it, were taking each other out of their game. Yeah, uh, it, RSL has been good at taking SKC out of their game in the last few years. I think this time it was them taking the, uh, S- Salt Lake out of their game, and both of them were just—it was like two brawlers just going at it, and you know neither one finding the true advantage, except both both landed a good bunch, and now it's going to be the second round, except it's going to be at our home.
0: Mm-hmm. They were definitely taken out of their game, but. That Shallowee and Shelton moment was not the only one in the first half. Roger missed a glorious opportunity, a header like inside the six yard box, I think, that he couldn't even get on frame or force a save. Well,
2: of all people for those chances to fall to, we know Shelton's not the best finisher. And Roger, despite his bomb of last week that is <laughs> not known for uh, being well with his head so <laughs> how many
1: sporting players are though in those situations in the box like how many yeah. how many score like other than Ike what are what are some other cool headball goals that we've seen this season that are notable
2: this season yeah felipe in chicago had that one
1: yeah
2: yeah yeah that's about it yeah i was yeah. Just saying, well, <laughs> that
3: was like second or third game of the season yeah. man needed to pull up the stats <laughs> who had the headers no yeah, and it's they they don't really have that presence that make me feel strong about they're gonna get a header in the box. <laughs> if
1: if Sporting did have that presence, I mean, think how many free kicks they draw, how many corners they're like. I'd like what are their stats compared to other teams for how many corner kicks that they draw? Because I feel like they're pretty high up there, and I feel like there's mm. never. I mean, no one gets excited when they line up for a corner kick, yeah. Because <laughs> it's just like, all right, now it's just it's basically just like a restart from.
2: Except for last time we played Real, so like at home, that's how we scored. Oparis, of course it was opara <laughs> right. like you said of course but yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> but it's hard because he's he's the target in yeah, this situation right. every team knows who to who to man
2: yeah i'd love to have be. another one in the box who's and, a little more adept and he's wearing a
3: protective head thing now so, mm-hmm. so
1: he may not be going up for uh for yeah. any anytime <laughs> time yeah,
3: i have to imagine that makes it harder to be accurate with a header anyway so.
2: yeah i would imagine
1: We'll, we'll test it out here the blue testament <laughs> crew will be going out in our headgear and doesn't playing. cover the
0: forehead so maybe but it's just kind of near the top of the forehead right here isn't it i assume that there's plenty of sound science that goes yeah goes behind it yeah i bet it's that little band is like $300 or something ridiculous <laughs> <laughs> well i'm sure it is
1: probably more than that honestly all right start googling
0: Okay, so 60th minute, Vermees makes a change earlier than he normally does. That's something I think a lot of people have asked from Peter Vermees, is giving Rubio more than 10 minutes on the field at the end of the game. And that worked brilliantly. What was it, like 39 seconds after he came on or something like that?
2: Thank you, Felipe Gutierrez.
0: Yes, Yeah.
1: (laughs) Yeah,
0: <laughs> Ramondo is always doing those antics, man. He thinks he's so cool with with the ball at his feet. And I'm just every game I watch him play, I'm always waiting for that one little moment. And it was just a slight deflection that was enough to mm-hmm. enough to do it. I mean it was a beautiful finish. I mean, where else could he have put that to score? Yeah. No, nowhere else. It was yeah. like and it was like he put it right where he knew. It was it was very like he knew what he was doing. He knew he had to put it there and he and he did. I liked it. It was mm-hmm. a satisfying goal. <laughs>
2: There was a moment later, late in the game, where Armando screwed up in the box almost. He was way back, deep in the corner. I don't know who was pressuring him, Rubio or whoever, but he almost screwed up again. So
0: yeah, it feels like he almost does it a lot. And I was there were times I was like yelling at Shelton to like <laughs> get on him a little more. Yeah, but he was doing. Shelton was doing the work the majority mm-hmm. of that game. He was.
2: But the thing is, is you know, Rubio scored the goal, but he didn't really play much better than. Shelton no. did when he was in there. He didn't do a whole lot else.
0: Not, in, not, particularly. not a whole lot of hold-up
2: play. He was on the ground rolling a lot. Remember that and bitching a lot. But, um, you know, he didn't play a whole lot. And got a yellow. Than, yeah, he didn't <laughs> play a whole lot better than Shelton did. So
3: it, it, did um, There was the one time he was taken down in the box. Was that a legit call for a PK, do you think?
2: I didn't think so myself. I, I know what you're talking about, yeah. That's also when Romando got cleaned out by the same guy who – Rubio claimed he got cleaned out by Justin Glenn. Oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: Oh, I don't know.
0: That one, that's tough.
1: No, I was just going to say, I I wonder with Rubio and with Vermees and how he chooses to allocate his time, Rubio does get more emotional than most players on the field. Like, he gets shaken very mentally very easily. Like, to think that he would go on, score that goal, and then still, like, I I almost feel like – Peter wouldn't have, like, maybe that's why he gets those few minutes at the end. It's like, go on, make an impact, and then gotcha. you don't have enough time to get too fired up and, like, you know, start diving, start, you know, drawing fouls, getting yellows, putting yourself in bad situations. Like, that's not, in the playoffs, that's not what you want mentally. Yeah, you want someone who can go out there and score a goal, yeah. but you don't want someone who's going to be jeopardizing the team in other ways. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, maybe the other f- aspect was, okay, we need some fire, so let's put Rubio out there, too.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Fire can only get so hot. We <laughs> <Right>. don't want to <laughs> exactly
0: <laughs> before you get burned.
1: Or you get burned.
0: <laughs> Another key moment from the game I wanted to talk about. It's before everything else we've been discussing. But uh, the 26th minute uh, Albert Russ snack gets a yellow card. So sort of
2: sad. I'm so broken up about that.
0: Yeah, it really it really makes me feel for RSL, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Yeah. Mm. <laughs> Um, I mean, I guess I see his argument. Like, he was saying it was his first foul. I can see that, but also his boot was up really high and he was really late. And you're RSL, so suck it. <laughs> you probably deserve exactly. two or three other yellows.
2: Boom. <laughs> Drop the mic.
0: So, yeah, I think that'll be, uh, that, like, will uh, have an impact on this next game, I think.
3: Well, it does at least reduce their scoring ability. I mean, they still have yeah. Krylak, Guy, um, He's He was like the leading scorer, I think, goals and assists. And then Rosnack was what the, uh, um, he had the second most goals and like third most assists or something. But without Rosnack, they have still have Corey Baird, Krylak, uh, I forget who that was. Severino. Else yeah. It, Severino, who was, you know, stymied this last game. Yeah. Yeah. We'll definitely. get to that a little bit later.
2: But... <laughs> oh, yeah. They're still dangerous. No, no doubt about that. They also still have, of course, um, everybody's favorite, uh, Jao Plata, so. Did he play the other day? The
0: pesky Jao Plata.
2: Yeah, he did. Yeah. Didn't he start?
0: Yeah, he did. I, I think Dad I I was making me. a joke and none of us <laughs> like. were. Well, because he's, like, so small you couldn't see him. <laughs> I
3: literally don't even remember him doing anything. <laughs> oh. That's more. It's not the size. It was the lack of noticing him.
0: I was I was just pointing him out, telling everyone like, how small that guy is. <laughs> Um. All right. Another point from the game we have to talk about is Johan. If i had to say your title for him,
3: the best player in MLS.
0: Yeah, because he can do it all. Apparently, man, that was big. Like I, I get all the hate on him all year, but that was uh that was very huge for this team. That performance was. Uh, I was impressed. And I mean, his play of uh, you know balls out of the back into the attack.
2: His reading of the games, his aggressiveness, though late near the box, got a little sketchy. <laughs> it's like, uh oh, don't do things stupid. But, uh, it, it, yeah, it was, he was it, excellent.
3: He rode that line of not getting yeah. a card. But, yeah. uh, yeah, I, I think he maybe made two mistakes the whole game that mm-hmm. I picked out. Uh, one, one pass, I think was right, right. pretty, uh, pretty mediocre, bad. Um, uh, and then that near foul in the box. So, I mean, other than that, I think he. I, I can't fault him for anything he did other than that.
2: You could say on the goal that they scored, the ball was a cross-field pass. I mean, he's not supposed to be marking that guy right at that moment, but it was his man who first received it, but that's nitpicking.
3: Yeah. Well, it, it, it's not nitpicky. It's wrong. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, you're right. He wasn't necessarily supposed to be uh, marking that guy at that moment, and yeah. when the ball was over there, he yeah. contained him. Oh. He did not let him make a pass in. It w- It went back out and to somebody else. Who, right, right. Um, yeah, he did a then. good recovery. So, yeah, yeah, he did exactly what he needed to do. He contained the danger. Yep. It was the guys in the middle who didn't contain the danger. Ike, Elie.
2: Well, more of a great play, I think. But I, yeah. I don't I still, know who could have stopped that.
3: <laughs> well, I, the only thing I could say is Ike stepped out, too, mm-hmm. when the ball went out to um, Rosnack. Yeah. And when he played it into Krylak, Rosnack right. ran by him and it yeah. was gone. So.
1: I'd agree, though. I thought... He read the game really well. I just watching him get in position and step in certain situations. There was one play, it was something very simple, but it was just challenging something. Challenging, I forget who he was even challenging, but challenging a player, forcing the ball out of bounds. But like the way that he went about it was like the perfect amount of aggressive. Mm-hmm. He was in the right place at the right time. And it was just like one example of, I thought, a very consistent and strong performance in a position where. Yes, he's comfortable playing there, but playing along a back line he doesn't usually play with, and in the playoffs of all games. So,
0: and the whole back line was solid. I thought so. Yeah, uh, there were moments. Krause had like right on the sideline, on the on the left there, but like all the way up at the midfield that he was like making very good tackles and plays right there that were starting things immediately there. That mm-hmm. might have been right. risky, or you know something Vermees wouldn't like because he was. Jumping in 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 such a dangerous spot, but uh you know it was working i I loved it,
3: but th- quite honestly, that's stuff that when Zesie's at his best, he's doing on the yeah, other side true. so uh it, it was kind of a match set for you know their their skill sets, what they were doing, and i actually Johan looked better at it in that particular game for that that moment, and going against Sabarino a lot was you know he's not an easy guy to defend, so
1: yeah Yo, I thought that going off of that that point he did a good job of tackling and then like the tackle would be moving the ball forward yeah. for sporting instead of like lingering. You know when there's like a tackle and it just like it scrambles in like the same area for like way too long. I feel like with Sinovic sometimes like he'll make the tackle but the ball doesn't like get get to the next person or the next player or like up the field. Like the next play doesn't happen as quickly as it was
0: happening. Yeah, like. Krause so frantic sometimes where it's like he doesn't he's not gonna waste any time at all like yeah. if he has a ball at his feet he's like pushing forward and in, in one way or another
3: and, the, and one of the faults of the beginning when he you know when people exactly. were first criticizing was that he was slow in thought and slow in movement and now he is fast in thought and fast in movement and damn he's good <laughs> <laughs> dumbass hey, Doyle the dude.
1: best player in mls is on hey, sporting kansas city
3: <laughs> hands uh you know a lot of credit to uh uh, Vermees and Bliss and whoever else is scouting these people that they're pulling in guys who can play winger on both sides and attacking mid and center, mid and center forward and uh, left back.
1: Well, and I know we talked about this before, but with Madronda out and Lobato out, those were the other two players who were the more versatile ones on the team. Um, you know, in those situations where Sinovic isn't available for this game, Probably would have been a Lobato or would have, you know, but to be able to have Johan step up and go in that position. Whereas Lindsay, although he traveled, I don't know if that's, that would have been the best, you know, starting player right. or that yeah. Peter would have wanted to even go with yeah. him there. But
3: no, I'll, I mean, I know we discussed this last week, but I really would not have had a major issue with Lindsay starting that game because he is a natural outside back. Mm-hmm. He played five games or whatever it was earlier this year or there. He hasn't had any games recently, though. So he's except for the U twenty game. Right. So I still would not have had a big issue with him starting there, but I do kind of understand the you you know you're throwing a youth out there in a big game. Could mm-hmm. you run the risk of damaging his confidence Mental and psyche? psyche and, yeah. Yeah. So I, I you know where Croze, right. who maybe was. Uh, not necessarily in a great place at the beginning of the season mentally. I think is in a really strong, confident place now. So one game, you know, getting torched maybe by somebody would not have destroyed him.
1: Right, and also under in the context of like he doesn't typically play in that position for the team. Yeah. So it would have been not ideal, and obviously would have gotten criticized regardless. But he just go right back up yeah. to <laughs> up to the midfield.
3: So so we do assume that Seth comes back for the next game.
2: Yeah, but then, okay, could Crosse make the difference up front?
0: I mean, could he be the man to
2: be that wild card or, that can change the or game? Just,
0: or yeah, maybe, but yeah. make the same, make the sub at left back in <laughs> the <laughs> 60th think? minute if we need. If we need people getting flying forward, there you
3: go. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he's destroyed Slotin. He's destroyed Saverino. <laughs> well, the question
1: now is not when he'll be on the field, but where he will go. I mean, we've yeah. seen him at forward. Exactly. he's seen him in midfield. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. How Amelia goes down?
2: <laughs> he mentioned that when I interviewed <laughs> him last week, actually. So we'll see. We, we'll see.
1: <laughs> yeah, that'll be his answer. We'll also find out that before he started playing left back, he actually started in goal. Never <laughs> yeah,
2: when, when he was six.
3: <laughs> when he was, he was a goalie six, not and, seven. <laughs> and he remembers that. Yeah. I'm <laughs> <laughs> no, I, again, he's he's like you said. He's it's not a matter of like if he's going to be on the field. It's where and when. Mm-hmm. I think is really only the question is. Yeah. Uh, Does he start? Does he show up as a coming off the bench Mm -hmm. to make a difference?
1: But that's the thing about him. It's not like a Gerso or a Rubio where you sub him in for that, like, burst. Like, I don't – not to say he doesn't have that, but it's like he plays, I think, the same whether he starts or whether he's subbed in. I mean –
0: But he does kind of have a flair or, like, his style of play could – you know, light a game on fire that, that needs like a bit of a spark. So, yeah. yeah, no,
1: I that's not what I'm saying, but I'm just saying that like he's less known for being like, Hey, just so just run out there and annoy everyone up top for the next like 20 minutes. And,
0: yeah,
2: yep. I mean, I, I don't have it right in front of me. I think he's like 175, 5, 10, maybe, Crosse. But to me, he has that low center of gravity, that power more than anybody on this team. And he does have that. Burst ability. I know you weren't yeah. saying he didn't, right. but he does have that ability to be a powerful, mm-hmm. hard to knock off the ball, quick, you know, strike player.
4: Right. Yeah, that's, yeah.
3: That's a again when a lot of people were criticizing him early in the year, and then you know some idiots up at MLS still do. But um, <laughs> his teammates were talking about how hard he was to get off the ball and how yeah. hard it was to dislodge him, and he is got that strength.
1: And yeah. he's been so consistent too. I think. I mean, I know early in the season that was the problem was. Not even consistency, but what did he even bring to the table was the question for a lot of people. But now it's, you know, he comes out and he is just as strong in like the opening minutes as he is when he's subbed in or at the end of the game. I just think he's been playing really solid for the last however many months now. You know,
2: time is, you see somebody say, oh, it's been six months and it's really been like two years. He's been playing solidly since when, can we say?
1: When, when, yeah, when did the tides turn? When was the,
2: (laughs) we talking, was it July? Was it August? Was it, you know, somewhere around that time, wasn't it? Well, it's
1: hard because sporting went on that like wild hot streak for so long. So there were so many other great things to look at. That was like the Shelton, Shalloway, and Russell conversation. Russell was on fire. This was right after Felipe had been hurt. So I'd say it was sometime after Felipe going out. Yeah. And then a couple, I'd say over the summer.
2: Yeah,
3: it it was definitely after Felipe got hurt. Yeah, Um, for sure. But, um, you know, even though I've been pretty much a big supporter of him all along, at first it was, I saw the potential that he had. Not Mm -hmm. that he was doing it all the time, but I saw what he could do. Well, his highlight reel showed you that, too. And just wasn't quite, Mm -hmm. he just wasn't right in the the moment yet. And he just, just like every game, he put a little bit more of it together, a little bit more of it together. And I don't know if there's like one spot you can go, okay, he just turned on good. Right, right. Better and better and better. I meant and better.
1: Consistently. Very very gradual. Yeah, consistently. Yeah. But I think mm-hmm. another big part of that too is not just feeling comfortable on the field, but feeling comfortable with the teammates around him. Oh, and yeah. That's something that I know has been a big thing, you know, for the players is the chemistry that this team has. And I talked to Shelton about that when I talked to him at training, you know, in his first year with the team. What's that how did that chemistry build? How did it become so strong where it's not only noticeable on the field but off the field when you're talking to them in the locker room after games, at training, seeing them the way that they're, you know, on, on social media, the way that the team, you know, <laughs> posts like little fun videos and pictures. And and I think that is another thing for Croze that, you know, when the team really started to gel and he maybe started to find his own here in a new city, new place, also kind of getting that comfort level up with the teammates, I think translates a lot on the field. Oh, I yeah. Can tell.
3: And uh, I know I, – uh, he needs that confidence for himself, and he needs to feel that everybody else has confidence in him, I think. Mm-hmm. And that's just – I think that he felt that he wasn't getting that confidence maybe early. And yeah. I mean, I'm maybe putting words into his head, but he just looked like he didn't have confidence. But and, that's – yeah. And then every, like, a little success, a little success, a goal, an assist. Uh, You know, people were joking. It was the Vancouver game where they scored six. You know, he scored the goal finally, and everybody mm-hmm. was, yeah, I take a, being up by two men to score – but maybe that was the turning point. No, it
0: was. it was, and you could see it when he kissed Ilie for the, <laughs> yeah. for, the pa- for the pass that he gave him. It was just like, oh, such a relief! Like, mm-hmm. oh, it was, uh, that was a great moment yeah. the, of the
1: season. I also I credit Peter Vermees as well. I love that he doesn't. He never ever, to any extent, to any media, throws his players under the bus. Like in. Whether it's with Shelton, whether it's with well, once Krause. he does,
3: they're gone. <laughs> right. Well, we know the that exactly. So if they Omar. are under the bus. It means that they're packing their bags
1: and they will be on a, on the next flight out of MCI the they following are literally day. Under the bus. Literally <laughs> under the bus. They're gone. You're being dragged behind the bus. <laughs> yeah. But he's gotten a lot of questions about Crosse, about Shelton, like those two, especially of new players who've come in and you know maybe not making the impact that people necessarily thought that they would be making right off the bat, or should be making, or should be making, and he he sticks to what he sees out of them. And he, I just think also helps them with that confidence. And that was another thing Shelton told me that was really cool was about Peter and just the way that he coaches each player. Cause it's like, yeah, he coaches the team, but he also has to coach each individual player, the way that that player is going to respond best. Yeah. And Shelton said with him. so I was like, obviously my next question is like, well, you know what, what, what's Peter's way of what's his method with you. And he said that, himself he's someone who can take criticism he can be yelled at and he like he can handle that but that's not to say that everyone on the team can handle the same thing so really understanding and knowing your players and I think the way that Krause has kind of blossomed in this uh in this last leg of the season I think is also a testament to the great job that Peter's done in coaching him individually
2: all right so the coaching axiom is never yell at girls because they will never let you forget it and they'll always (laughs) hold it against you is that true
1: I mean <laughs> I can't I mean I'm having to put myself back in <laughs> I've come in across my, a few girls who could situations. take it
2: but mostly that's true I think uh, I, not guess, that that's I mean relevant. I guess it depends on the coach
1: and the respect level I think it's I think it's a respect thing <laughs> yeah. if anything I think if yeah. it's a two-way street and there's a, the respect is there on both sides I don't think it's an issue and I think that's something that's important I feel like if right. there's not a respect whether it's player not respecting coach or coach not respecting player it's going to be a little bit uh right a little bit messier there,
0: so Kraze did very well, but I don't think there's really much of a debate on who should be a left back on Sunday, but I think that brings us to everyone's favorite segment that we've never not talked about in our what is this like a thirty something odd show. <laughs> We we've had this conversation. We should, should really get on a sponsor for this one segment. On <laughs> uh,
2: what do you think, Cody? Um,
0: I don't know, but uh, let's uh, let's do let's do <laughs> who's the starting striker?
1: <laughs> don't be a game show host. <laughs> hey, at least
0: it came off. That's what I was going for. Good
1: job. So that's, maybe a job well done. There we go.
4: Yeah,
3: that's what he's going to be for Halloween. <laughs>
1: yeah. For next year, for 2019. That's
3: planning, planning ahead. <laughs>
1: Always. Uh, Well, so. All
3: right, so uh, I'll I'll start this.
0: We're this we're normally very pro Kyrie here.
3: This debate keeps going back and forth between Kyrie and Diego, but do you notice the one thing that nobody really mentions? Christian Namath.
2: Oh yeah, he's just on the roster right now.
0: Yeah, he's he's just there. He's on the peripheral.
2: (laughs) He's not even in the argument anymore. Nope.
1: Will he be a super sub? Well, let's not talk. (laughs) Yeah. No, I mean, here's, I think, what it's, well, it's hard because it goes back and forth. Just because Diego Rubio scores that goal doesn't mean that he should be the center forward. And just because Kyrie, you know, had those great last couple of games doesn't mean that he should, you know, that's not like necessarily an individual, you know, you have to look at every single game, obviously. But, I mean, that performance, though, by Rubio, that goal. That's the number. That's what you want to yeah, see from he a number nine. Didn't
2: play that well beyond that. No, exactly. That was one moment. Exactly. Yeah. It's yeah. like the,
1: those moments are like, but if you look at Dom Dwyer, who is technically a number nine, I mean, that's him though. Like he'll score, you know, those, that one amazing goal, which is all you really ask for them is to get. Those difference-making goals. Rubio but then does he'll... remind
2: me of Dwyer quite a bit, actually.
0: Yeah, the, the, best, the best
1: strikers. No,
2: no, <laughs> no, he, no he doesn't,
0: me no, at all.
3: He's a better finisher. No, but the he's best... a better finisher. <laughs> he does do more hold-up play. He does combine with other people, and he's not a
2: dick. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay, I meant the rolling around on the ground and bitching at everybody.
0: The best strikers <laughs> in the world do have that ability, though, of they don't need to play that well. Right, sure. But they can pop up. And at, shall has been that way, too. Shaloui has been that way. Yeah. And I think you know that's the answer. We were talking about why Gerso didn't come in sooner. Vermees realizes that too, that Shaloui's played poorly and missed chances in a game. And yeah. then obviously his track record but, as of late But his of touch isn't games, usually off by that much, though. Yeah, it was, well, he, he was definitely yeah. playing different.
3: The previous three matches that he scored in and he scored the game winners in, I don't think he played well. They were okay, and there was a little bit like I saw signs of improvement that he was kind of getting back to where we we saw him earlier in the year that he was really good, but it wasn't great. But it was like okay, he you, people were calling for him to come out in at least one of those games, and all of a sudden he scores and like hey, it was a really wise decision to leave him in.
0: Love how this is morphed into a shallowy discussion. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's how that's exactly what Vermees was thinking that entire time. Yeah. He's such a atypical winger, though. He's not good at.
2: But is good at beating people to the line and getting around them and crossing. He's more of a cut into the middle and take that chance shot that
1: and well, finish that
2: ball that many people can't.
1: It's but, interesting because he's really not fast. No, like he's you not. like Russell has these like really quick bursts, Gerso. He's not even quick that bursts. quick. No, exactly. Like yeah. he his touches are always like his like long giraffe legs. Like he's he's just <laughs> like long, you know, he'll make those those, I think his biggest skill is like his lethal shot from anywhere. And he does, when his touch is good, yeah. is really good.
2: Yeah. And, and like Cody's been saying, and I noticed this in the RSL game too, and that was more of a bruiser game. He is not a bruiser. He can get thrown off his game with physical play. He's not a guy to body people off very much.
3: No, he is no. not. uh. I- Oddly enough, Gerso's stronger than him in that regard. (laughs) Yeah, in some Uh, ways. Not because he's actually stronger, but because he runs, and while he's falling, he just keeps going. (laughs) Um, But talking about Daniel, and I know we've morphed off the the center forward a little bit, but I'm coming back to it. I'm trying to segue back to it a little bit. (laughs) Okay, the strength of Daniel is that he comes in off the left side and gets to his right right Mm -hmm, foot and is really adept at finding the half an inch he needs to shoot the The strength of Johnny Russell is he comes down on the right. the right side, cuts back to his left foot and comes in, mm-hmm. and sometimes goes to the baseline and 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 cuts in and and slides it into the middle. When you have Shallowy coming over to the middle, mm-hmm. what you have the strength of when you have Shelton in there with those two when they're all playing at their peak, is that he's making runs and pulling guys out of the middle cause, right. so they stay with mm-hmm. him, and he's not a huge scoring threat, but he makes those runs. A little bit better than Diego, because mm-hmm. Diego is looking to score right. Kyrie's looking to help the team a little mm-hmm. bit better. Mm-hmm. again, this is not necessarily a Shelton is better than Rubio statement. It's just the looking at how they play as when they're out there.
1: Well, and it's that combination of right how those three play together
3: so but that's when when Rubio is out there, we need Shallowy and Russell to be a little bit more of a playmaker when when Shelton is out there. We need him to create space for Shallowee and Russell. All it is is a different style of play when when each one's out there, not necessarily better than the other, just a different... Mm-hmm. different. And,
2: and Russell can do that because he, he can go into the middle because he used to play in the middle when he was younger, and he can be that playmaker. But, uh, Did he play yeah, left I back? agree with you, and I hate to typecast, but I think Shelton starts and Rubio does a super sub. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's well, why I, I believe it mean, should happen.
1: If you look at his... You're looking at his stats on the season and the goals that he has scored. How many of those have come in the – like a right. off the bench? Like 5
3: He's got five goals off the
2: bench.
1: And then doesn't he have – how many, he has like seven, six goals on the season? I should know this.
2: <laughs> I will look it up real quick. I believe he ended the season with – I'm not seeing it here. But regardless of that,
3: he is – scored more off the bench than he has starting, but he's not started as much. He's not started as much. And when he has, it's doing the whole statistics thing. It's really hard to like, say there's enough data points there to say he's better as a sub than a starter and stuff like that. But the, he has been a very effective coming in and being a complete change of pace, being a different player than what was out there. You could say that a lot about a lot of other players too, that they're better when they come in off the, off the bench. And some players can't be better when they come off the bench because they need to get in a long type of rhythm. That's why Chaloui better as a starter than coming off the
2: bench. So really we're saying it's up to Vermees to make the subs at the right time again.
3: <laughs> and it was a damn timely one. <laughs>
1: yeah. But he does do a good job. And I hate that I keep going back to things that Kyrie has been saying, but we had like a really good interview a couple <laughs> weeks ago. And we talked about that, though, with like how many weapons that the team has offensively. And he brought up, the subbing aspect, and that factor, and saying that Peter, in terms of having you know helping the team adapt to the game at hand via subbing or switching up, you know players and players that are playing together. The one that he was noting that he kind of laughed. He was like, you know, Peter and them usually do a really good job, but that's you know it's it's hard because there's so many good players, and it's just hard to know the right time that someone's going to be on, or that the, the right time someone's going go to go in and make a difference.
3: Right, so Cody, I want to have, I want to propose a game show for you here for the next moment. Name that depth chart. Who is our best left, middle, right guys right now? Who's our best what? Left winger, <laughs> center forward,
0: right wing. Well, I was going to answer the game show that we're on right now and answer yes. the question that I had already asked. Of, oh, you should do that. The, you should talk. You, you've been quiet. Of of who the starting striker is, and I would honestly going into that game. For me, did it exactly how I would have liked to have seen it in my head. I want to see Kyrie start, and then in the somewhere in the sixty to seventieth, I would like Rubio to come in, and that's exactly what. Regardless happened. of the score. Well, no, well, no, not yeah. Ru- yeah. I mean, there's definitely situations, you know, tie game or behind.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh yeah. Ahead, yeah, ahead. You keep Shelton in. I think the team is going to be better defensively. 'Cause he's a more he's a better first defender than I think Rubio would be. But yeah, that's going forward, that's that seems like a, a damn good combination of let them get used to trying to battle Kyrie and his physicality the whole time and then have a completely different player come in with a different skill set and switch things up.
3: And that's and that's the beauty of the this depth right now is that each one of those positions, that's kinda why I was going with the where it's going with the whole depth thing is um, at center forward, if you start Shelton and bring in Rubio, it's a completely different player. It changes things up. You start Rubio, you bring in Shelton. It's a completely different player. It changes things up. At left, I'm going to answer my own question. You start with Shallowie and you bring in Jerso, complete different player. You change things up. On the right, you have Russell, and who is his guy to Crozet. come in? Crozé. Crozé. A different player, and will come in and change things up.
0: Or Nemo. See, look. There we go. We <laughs> said his name. Or oh, Nemo. Just at, looking at, at the last time we played at at Which position? at home. Though, On the right for, you know, to come in on the right.
3: (laughs) When he did play wing, he was on the left.
0: Yeah, I mean, he's good on either side. Or as good, well, as good as he can be on either side.
2: Last time we played RSL at home, just by the way, was when Shelton was out. Gerso started. Namath was the center forward and Russell on the right. So interesting there. (laughs) So RSL hasn't, at home at least, seen, you know, our full roster.
0: At our home, so is everyone here in agree uh, in agreement that Kyrie is the number one still. Yeah, See,
3: shaking your head does not do go- do good on radio.
0: She it was a very sincere look in the eyes though. She was like, "Yeah, yes." Please. She just said it. I was her
1: waiting eyes. for someone to to, re- <laughs> to reaffirm it for me. But yes. <laughs> Since you all cannot see me, I will. I will speak. It was, a, it
3: was a very, very warm and confident, almost loving shaking I of f- her head. Yes,
1: felt like they could feel it. there would be a nodding of the head. Yes, you can feel but, it through your ears, <laughs> people.
0: Um, and okay, well, that doesn't make good radio, but yeah, <laughs> that's the way it should be. People, if it was TV, it would have been
3: effective. But, no, um, I
0: mean uh, the fact that we all agree, it doesn't make good radio. I didn't quite agree. Okay. Okay.
3: I still think it's a little bit situational. I think Shelton has the edge of starting and Rubio coming off the bench because of the change of pace. But if it's a, if it's a different team, if it's not a, a muck it up, cynical, asshole team like Salt Lake, it might be Rubio starting and Shelton coming in to uh, protect the lead later.
0: Okay. Any other sort of a preview for this weekend that we need to talk about, this game specifically coming up?
3: Well, let's see. We've reviewed Salt Lake before. They're cynical. They foul. They muck it up.
2: Yeah, that first goal is going to be huge. I mean, right? First goal is going to be massive. They score it. It's like, uh uh-oh, there's the away goal. They've got control of the match. We have to open up and open ourselves to counters. If we score it, you know, obviously that is a heck of a lot better for us and puts us on the front foot. So that first goal is going to be massive.
0: I assume they're going to already be pretty open to start this game. Not they. Vermees isn't really ever afraid to uh, play attacking at home. Okay, when you said they, I wasn't sure which
2: you're oh, referring to. Yeah, us. no, I, okay. It could be. It could <laughs> yeah, be well, both. I mean, that's the thing. Do we really go for that first goal, the first five, ten minutes, and try to get it and get that advantage? Is that what he says to them going out on the field?
0: Well, I was just saying if I think if RSL scores, I don't think Sporting are going to have to really change too much of the way they're playing. I think Not they're, immediately, but yeah, yeah. And, for
3: Salt Lake, they have to score. The, the, if the result is 0-0, zero, oh, zero, yeah. Sporting's oh, yeah. happy. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a little bit of a boring game for the fans, but it's they're happy as far as moving on. Um, so Salt Lake has to do something. They have to push forward at some point. Now, maybe they don't change their whole be cynical, muck it up kind of guy style, and they just hope to get a counter in the process. But
2: yeah, that's probably what they'll do.
0: Yeah, that's kind of what they've done all year and been successful at it. Yeah, last game we had
2: 20 shots, uh, six on goal. Well, and we tied 1-1.
3: They were mediocrely successful at it. They were they backed into the playoffs. They with, were sixth play. Yeah. With the Galaxy losing to, to Houston at, at LA. Come on. <laughs>
4: um
3: so, you know, their coach what he's been watching the playoffs. He was drinking beer and barbecuing. <laughs> that's um, just my picky. <laughs> so, it they were moderately successful. I mean, they were, you know, 20 goals less than sporting or however much it was. I'm sure Bob has the info over there. I'm putting him on the spot because he has a bunch of papers in front <laughs> we of scored him.
2: scored 55 this season. We scored 67, something like that. 65. 65. Okay.
3: But uh, how many points less, though, in the standings?
2: Yeah, I don't know what seven. 13. Or 13. Okay. More than I thought. Okay. Actually, less than I thought.
3: But anyway. So it, but they were just moderately successful, they were decent,
2: yeah, but against us,
0: true <laughs>
2: I'll I take your point there
0: <laughs> i'm I'm feeling very confident about this. I think a draw in this game is going to be easy enough, so your prediction is, oh, I don't know, um, two to nothing, no, oh, okay. Is that fair, Ali?
1: I kind of agree with that. Well, we we do know. Don't ask Peter Vermes if they're going and looking for a draw because he's going to say no. Of course, they never do. But uh, no, I do think I do think Sporting, energized by Children's Mercy Park and the fans, two zero. And I actually I think Shallowy gets the first goal. Mm. We're going to go even deeper in the prediction.
3: I would love for that just to get him fired up, and
1: I know for the rest of that. Yeah. Not that he should need that because he just scored the last three goal, uh, <laughs> three game winning goals on the end True. of the season. But, <sighs> however, I did get torn apart for one of my Chiefs predictions. I predicted the Browns over the Chiefs, so I'm.
2: My uh... <laughs> <Nice>. duh. <laughs>
1: I get it predicted upset every now and again, but whatever. That's neither here nor there. Going I'm with s- sporting.
2: I'm saying two to one. I'm just not sure who's going to score first, but two to one. I'm I'm confident that we will pull out a victory.
0: It may be one, dramatic.
3: One, one, and goes to penalties.
2: Thanks, Dad. <laughs>
0: Both of those that you said would be very sporting to do. Exactly. R- RSL scores exactly. a goal in the ninth minute. Like that would that's would so happen, <laughs> and then they would go on to score two to win it like,
3: off off of a bad back pass from right. Roger. Or something. Yeah,
0: yeah, something something terrible where it's like, guys, how did we even get the how did we get the
2: first seed? Well, that's one moment <laughs> in the game that we didn't talk about. I mean, it ended up being called offside, but that save that Milia made. Yeah. Yeah, and that uh, ball that came through the trees is how he described it.
0: I thought of you immediately, Cody. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that ball that ball came from, like, 30 yards mm-hmm. out in between, yeah. like, 10 different bodies. Yeah. Yeah, but that didn't count, technically. Right, but still that save. Let's hope mm-hmm. he's on come Sunday. Okay, there you have your... Predictions which are very meaningful and we thought about them very hard. <laughs>
1: and they're also d- all going to happen. Every d- single one of
3: them. I do have one more dumb question though. <laughs> Cody's like rolled his eyes, like, really? One more? What do you got? Why did uh why did the keepers get to wear the same colors as their teams in this last game?
0: That's an extra time question. Like, they did? I didn't even notice.
3: Yeah, Ramondo was wearing red, and uh, Tim was wearing blue. Yep. Slightly different shade of blue, but the red was pretty close.
0: The rule is they have to wear a different color? It's supposed to be. I don't know. It's a conspiracy.
2: So you, you have something planned on where we're going next? Is that right? Yeah. Because I don't want to circumvent.
0: But Thad derailed everything.
2: Okay, I don't want, I don't want to derail or circumvent. I mean, it's okay. not,
0: we're just going to extra time, no, but okay. I have things we can talk about. There we
2: go. Okay.
3: See, then I didn't derail it. We're still doing it. Derail it. Come on, man. But Cody has
2: one he wants to talk about first.
0: So, we were talking a lot about Krause earlier and the different spots that he plays, and Thad mentioned this team and Vermees specifically going for versatile players. That's kind of becoming Vermees' M.O. in the last couple seasons. He's looking for that out of players. And... There's something to say there, you know. If you look her all around the world, the an issue with MLS, something that is holding back like the overall quality of the league, is like the roster limitations. There's just smaller rosters than other places in the world, and I think bringing in all the versatility that he's doing. If there's success this season could be a new template for this league and that signing Zlatan gets you seventh place and that signing three big-name players, well, that works for a while, I guess, so that doesn't work. But, yes, instead of going for these big-name players, versatility and everything like that, if it works, this season could uh, show the rest of the league what's up.
1: Well, wouldn't every team want to take a template out of the coach of the year who coached the number one team in the Western Conference? Isn't that the book that you want to steal?
0: Yeah. Coach of the year.
1: Coach of the year.
0: (laughs) Would only
2: be just.
1: But, I mean, I think that's – it should be obvious. I don't – I mean, Zlatan comes over, in my opinion, more for, like, the hype of it all than the actual what's being brought to the team – and for the betterment of the team.
2: Okay, I have to say, I argue with that a little bit. Zlatan didn't get them seventh place. Their horrible start got them seventh place. Well, yeah, I know. But But you bring someone like Zlatan in (laughs) thinking
1: that he's going to, like, carry the team on his back to a – like, he's going to have amazing goals, like his 500th, which was awesome. Like, that was so cool. And, (laughs) you know, Children's Mercy Park sold out when they played – I. As it was going to anyway, but you know people are there because they want to see Zlatan. Sure.
0: No, the bigger point there is that you sign giving you trouble (laughs) is like is that you sign a player that's that expensive and it will hinder the rest of the team. Oh yeah, Mm yeah. And you know Zlatan's not going to play anything other than what he plays, and so having all these, you know, yeah, six hundred thousand, as Matthew Doyle puts it for Krause, might be bonkers if you're just looking at it as the you know whatever the number midfielder on the team he is mm-hmm. but also he was a winger when we needed him he was there when when um, Gutierrez went down right. he's played left back he's played two of the three midfield spots he's just he's just been so useful and i think uh versatile players is going to become a, a key unless mls allows larger rosters at some point I'm
3: not totally sure that we have smaller rosters than EPL does or some of the other leagues, quite honestly. I've looked at this before, and I was just trying to look it up while you were talking. Um, like, the thing I saw, again, I'm I'm confessing some ignorance here, uh, but, like, the one thing I just saw was EPL had a roster size of 25. We have a roster size of 30.
0: Dead air. <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought you were going still. No, I'm just
3: – that was – I'm not totally sure about the some of the other big leagues because I've looked at this before the, and well, I was always thought that that was one of the limitations also.
0: Well, I mean, the number – so roster might not have been the best word. All of those teams still have, you know, 500 players like under their control still though. And I know you can argue Sporting's academy – And all of the all throughout the Midwest could be considered the same thing, but it's not entirely. And the second team of a lot of those of a lot of those Premier League teams is are players that are more higher quality than um, the USL roster for sporting.
3: True, but I mean it's also difference in EPL
0: and MLS. I mean, but so their second team should be better than our
3: second team quite honestly at this point. Um, But I do think that's where maybe the rules about borrowing players is different is they have like their U19 and U23 teams and stuff like that where I think they can borrow players off of that for certain competitions.
0: That's what I mean. It's like just flatly using the word like roster size might not be the best thing, but they well, obviously have way more capabilities and players that they can bring in and especially like Italy Italy they like don't have a limitation, right? Don't they just like sign well, player after player and like hopes that one of them will pay off? Yeah, but
3: there's but again, I'm, we're we're probably talking like apples and, you know, peaches or something, right? <laughs> um because like a team can sign 50 players and then loan 30 of them out, and they only have 20 players on their roster. But they only have 20 players that they can play in that season if they have that done that, right? So, like, EPB, for example, is signed by Man City, but he's, no, he's not on their roster. He's not on their limitation of how many players they have. They could have 50 of those guys, and there might be some limit to that. I don't know.
0: Okay, so the money is the limitation, but there's still the same impact, like, on the roster. Like, all of those teams are able to build a deeper pool of players than MLS teams are.
3: Yes, they can build a deeper pool because they have more money, but they can also even if they couldn't sign 50 players, they could still have a deeper pool of
0: players because they could sign 25 guys that were all better. Right, I know. I'm just that's So the point I was making is just the fact that MLS teams are hindered, I the meaning why or the word I used might not be as important, but having well, versatile players is a very important thing for this league. It
3: it is, and I'm not disagreeing with that. But it also helps to look at the reason why that is. It's not the it's number, always money, always right. It's <laughs> like, not the number always money. It's not the number of players they have on the side on the roster. It is the fact that they're spending.
0: What is the number? The number of quality players that MLS teams have to use is. Way less than the number of quality players But that's overseas.
3: A, that's more that is much more a factor of that they can spend what's the average salary in DPL? A million bucks. Yeah. You know? Right. Average salary in MLS is three hundred thousand.
0: Right, but so the MLS rosters are still limited <laughs> based on European rosters, and because of that, versatility is key. Even compared
2: to the Mexican league. Which are
0: how big, do we know? Ooh, I shouldn't have asked that.
2: No, I'm talking about the versatility factor. Versatility, oh. versatility factor, You just sorry. said it wasn't the size but that mattered. Interesting the motion also of the ocean. thought, too, considering we're playing Real, Real Salt Lake, who has the most homegrown minutes in any MLS mm-hmm. team, I believe. You know, and this He's is a, probably a, a discussion for offseason, but is next year going to be the year when Kuzain and Busio and Lindsey get, I mean, they got some minutes this year, but I mean significant minutes next year. I think that's, hopefully that's what happens, but.
0: Well, what holes will open up for any of them? Yeah, we will talk about Roger that, resigned. Guess. Yeah, Felipe will be back.
2: They're also going to serve as mentors. But
0: yeah, yeah.
2: I'm not terribly convinced Felipe will be back, but we'll talk about that later. That Felipe will be back. Yeah,
3: we'll talk about that later. Okay. I'm not sure I would actually be terribly
0: upset with that down the road. All right, there you go. Tease that for the off season. <laughs> Stay tuned. I do have another extra time for <laughs> topic, though. I have one more. Okay. You go with yours. All right. It might be the same one. So three of us
2: being St. Louisans. Oh, never mind. So the St. Louis Blues tweeted out, good luck to our sporting Kansas City brethren, you know, in the playoffs. And a lot of people got upset about it in St. Louis, which I do understand. I didn't <laughs> see that. I, I like it. I do understand. But can't people be nice? Is there something wrong with being nice?
1: Well, I think it comes from the sheer bitterness for so many people in yes. St. Louis who care about soccer, because a lot of the people who would but want an MLS team— But they out
2: to the St. Louis USL team the same thing. Okay, but like— A lot like, of people were like, like, okay, like the St. Louis <laughs> USL
1: team, like yeah. as if that's even the same thing. Like, people—the <laughs> the crowd that I know that would care about getting an MLS stadium yeah. are also Blues fans. Like, uh-huh. they would be sharing a lot of the same, like, audience. So I can see why it would—Cardinals did that. I think people would just be like kind of confused mostly, uh, yeah. But I don't think it would have gotten as much. I just think that like blues fans, so is it also wrong or right
2: of the blues to do that? What's your um, thought?
1: Here is what I think. I think St. Louis doesn't have an MLS team,
2: mm-hmm.
1: nor do they have an NFL team. I think it's good for a city that is three hours away to support. I am reading it right now. Well, and and I guess that's the other thing too. It was that um, for those listening who want reference, if you saw sporting Kansas City tweeted out those like playoffs things that other team or other teams and other schools were then putting their logo to show support for sporting Kansas city as they go to the playoffs. I think a city three hours away that doesn't have an MLS team mm. and hasn't like they, there's no competition there. So why would it be bad if they support them?
2: A lot of people are saying, well, first of all, did you do the same thing for our soccer team? they, they accuse them of not when they did. And then they're like, well, sporting plays in
0: Kansas. So why are you even saying that? So as someone who works in social media, what happened here was Sporting like made all of those. They send them out. They sent out like right. 500 emails probably and even told them what time to start posting it. <laughs> and so the social media person or the team or the crew for the St. Louis Blues – like, got to work that day, and they're like, hmm, we need to, like, what, what should we post today? Oh, hey, someone sent us something. Yeah, It's like an easy, yep. they sent us copy and everything. Oh, here, go. I'll just copy and paste that. Boom, there I got to go. post up.
1: <laughs> well, and also, maybe, maybe, this is also a, a push.
2: It hey, could in some ways hey, be, yes. St.
1: Louis cares about MLS. Right. We support MLS teams. Right, We like this. We that, want one. I think that is a
3: very good point, Allie, is that the Blues were saying it was it's a lead-in for MLS to come to St. Louis. But two, you get, you're forgetting something. St. Louis Blues did a preseason game here last year, was it?
1: Yeah, against Minnesota Wild. Right.
3: Two years ago, whatever it was. It was last year. And Brad Davis and the Blues got together. Brad Davis went on the ice with them, uh, so it must have been two years ago. And the blues came down to training and stuff like that. So the, because of Brad Davis being a big blues fan mm-hmm. being from St. Louis. And so that was, that was where they actually had a connection mm-hmm. was the PR guys for for sporting and the PR guys for the blues were yeah. already friends from that, that meeting. Yeah. And my,
1: why not? Why not? Like the only thing that St. Louis and the, or in Kansas city, they only share one of the same sports and that's baseball. Like other than that, St. Louis has the Blues. Kansas City doesn't have an NHL team, and they don't, don't piss have off much. Average fans.
2: Now, come on. <laughs> but okay, I'm yeah, talking about teams saying. who play yeah.
1: in the same yeah. like
2: level on okay, the same so, level, and yeah. So the question is, was it wrong with the Blues to do that? No, I think it's oh. great. It's
1: support, yeah. and it's. I mean, I would probably have a different answer if St. Louis had an MLS team already. Well, of course, because then that's just like what yeah. are you doing? If,
3: yeah. if they had an MLS team, it would. They be don't wrong have one them. yet. Exactly. Well, but, duh.
1: But right, yeah. so it's like but and I they think took a lot I, of heat for it, so But I do think there are people in St. Louis who do support sporting Kansas City.
2: There's a lot.
4: Yeah.
1: So it's also I mean, yeah, that, that it's not like, like they it's bigger. not like they don't have any audience that they're reaching with that that message. That's just people getting fired up for no reason. That's <laughs> that's
0: the that's the fallacy we have where a couple people scream on Twitter and then everyone like everyone sees it and then talks about how a couple people were And then it turns into everyone is complaining. (laughs) Yeah,
3: and if you went and looked, I bet you the twelve people who complained to the Blues total Twitter followers were probably forty-eight. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so so, pretty. What
0: you got, Cody? I just want to stop talking about St. Louis.
1: (laughs) 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 Thank you. Again, this is not TV, but Dad just threw something at Cody for saying that.
0: It's a soccer show. I have soccer to talk about. Johnny Russell. Has been called into the national team once again by his Scottish brethren. And Good Sister. Is
1: this like the word of the day? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everyone the the day. is brethren.
0: He uh, will be available this Sunday, and their last game is on the 20th. And should Sporting Kansas City win, the next game will be on the 25th. So he has five days.
2: I'm cool. Which Plenty seems of time. Yeah. as long as he doesn't get hurt. Yeah.
0: Obviously. Would. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. We just had to mention it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought
0: my crew hey, was going to have some. Is back with the
2: under-20s now? I have no idea. The weekly schedule has Jalen Lindsay U-20s games on it so that they sent out. So. Oh, I would assume so then. Yeah.
0: Okay. Anything else? Yeah. That's all she wrote. Allie is not a real fan of sporting Kansas City, so she's not going to be at the game on Sunday.
1: This i, I surprised we didn't talk
0: about the two o'clock
2: start, but, you know, hey, it is what it is.
1: Well, I think, I think it's just hard for MLS. I mean, the season runs so long, and once you get into the fall, college football is on Saturdays. And, it falls and like on some Sundays, people are saying,
2: like, they're not going to put the New York teams on a two o'clock slot. No, like, <laughs> or exactly. Or <laughs> exactly.
1: So, I mean, it's a bummer. I won't be there, sadly. I will be at Arrowhead doing my Chiefs duties. However, I will be watching, and I'm very sad I will not be able to make it.
0: I will be there. I will be on the recap, looking at the cauldron from a distance. Hopefully, warm. I don't even know what the forecast is. 46.
1: Alley trust with the weather coming up here shortly. We will low have, of 26. Uh, a low of 26, a high of 46. <laughs> Given the 2 p.m. start time, assuming the sun. We'll be up, and Press yeah, bo- I would be a terrible weather person. <laughs> Press
0: box isn't looking too bad now. <laughs> <laughs> Patrick, I will be at the game. Give me a spot behind the glass, man. Put my name on a seat. Talk to your neighbor, Ellie. <laughs> there's like a 2% chance Patrick is still listening. If he ever listens, there's a 2% chance he's still listening that is true. at this point. I don't he even know his yeah. that I. Uh,
3: I think he's listened once. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, we'll uh, find out if he hears
0: start saying more controversial things, so he'll have to pay attention to us. Okay, so who are we pulling for? Portland or Seattle? Or do we? Portland. Care? I agree. Why? We all. I, most people wanted Portland instead of RSL. That's yeah, I, how think, I did.
3: I think Sporting actually matches up better with Portland,
0: but yeah. And so I'd yeah, I'd rather not face the hottest team in MLS.
4: Okay,
0: I agree. Portland all around.
3: And then on the other side.
0: Anyone that is not Atlanta or New York. Well, my dream has been dashed. DC United out, so. I know. I picked. Yeah. I picked DC United. I picked Sporting over DC United in the final. Well, if NYFC you makes it, it through, we home. I know. So I mean, anyone except the Red Bull, Red Bulls, or Atlanta. NYC. Yeah. crew. I'm good. Crew. No, I want NYC.
3: Columbus Bowl.
0: Anyway, get excited. We will see you there and we'll have another pod for you as we celebrate the victory, hopefully. Go sporting.
4: M3 own goals ain't all that rough. The skipper has just been sent off. Some part of strong. Shake